0: Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome to part two of this series called The Recipe for Love. I want to say hello to all of our campuses, all of our families who are streaming the service live right now, whether through the website or the mobile app, and of course all the correctional facilities all across the state. Come on church, let's put our hands together. Welcome one another today. Yeah, it's so great to have you with us. As many of you know, we're coming off of our United Marriage Conference, and we had an amazing time. Over 1,100 people packed into the building, learning about marriage and growing in their relationship, and I'm so very excited about that. But we had uh, special guests with us for the marriage conference, and they have stayed over for the weekend to minister to us, and I'm so very excited for you to hear from them. As you know, at iTown, we don't have very many guests for the weekend, but today we have one of my heroes uh, as a couple in the faith because I actually grew up as a kid in my grandfather's church listening to them minister at camp meeting services way back in the day they pastor an unbelievable church in seattle washington and they have stayed open to physical services come on somebody in the pandemic praise god for that a light in the darkness and uh, pastor casey has been such an encouragement to me we talked on the phone in those weeks of remember we talked about like am i crazy are you crazy are they crazy who's crazy here We had those phone calls together. Y'all need somebody like that in your life when the world loses its mind, which it has, to remind you that you are normal and sane, and it's okay that we live by faith and trust God over everything else, and Pastor Casey was that for us. So thankful for him, and his wife, Wendy, is just an amazing minister. She was here for our women's conference and has become one of my wife's. Most incredible friends in the entire year. This is a, an amazing power couple in the faith. Would you stand to your feet, everybody, and welcome Pastors Casey and Wendy Tree? Thank you,
1: thank you. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey! I-town Church. Good morning, yo. Okay. Where did we uh, Be seated. We're at the 10 o'clock service now. Okay, Okay. so if you come to church before 11, you're a real Christian. (laughs) You know, after 11, anybody can show up, right? (laughs) So the 10 o'clock church, you guys are the real saints. And uh, thank you, Pastor Dave. So good to be with you and Kate and all the church family here. Great team, great ministry going on at I-Town.
2: Absolutely amazing. But by the way, just excuse me, but this is 7 o'clock for me and Casey, since we're from the Northwest. So we are real Christians. Just, Come just on. thought I'd, just we thought made I'd it. throw we that part in church. there. I was saying, so Casey and I, um, we met in Bible college. And um, when, we, when um, I had told my parents in high school, kind of irritated at them because they were like, because I'm a little bit strong in my personality. And they said, you know, who's going to marry you? I mean, they weren't being mean to me because my parents liked me. I think me. they were being mean. I th- they might have been. I said, I'm going to marry me a redhead. That's what I said. I'm going to marry me a redhead. I said that when I was 17. So I went to Bible college, and Casey waited until the second quarter to show up. So when he showed up, he come walking in. He weighed a little bit more, and, um, and he had on three-inch platform <laughs> shoes. So he's already 6'3", so he was 6'6", a little bit heavier, walking into the room. And I went, and he had hair down to his shoulder, red, like, like, I said, I went home that day, I called my mom, and I said, I have met my husband. She goes, okay, well, where is he? I said, well, mom, right now, he's in a drug rehab center.
1: Hey, as soon as I get out of rehab, we'll go on a date.
2: (laughs) It took us a couple weeks, because they were really strict, and we had to literally wait almost a month until we had our first date, but by then, I was in love, so... And we dated a couple of years, people. We dated a couple of years before we actually did get married. But I had the word of the Lord.
1: Yeah, well, we're not encouraging you single <laughs> folks to go find somebody yeah. in rehab. Yeah. Because <laughs> that can go sideways real yeah. quick. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but
2: it worked for me.
1: Worked for Wendy. It worked <laughs> for
2: me. This old church kid, man. I found me a rehab kid, and I just married him. Yep. <laughs> And, then, yep. and then, we, uh, yeah, then we went to school and, and uh, yeah. learned and had such an amazing time. Then we started Christian faith in 1980. Yeah, we, okay, we how, start- many in yeah, how many
1: were alive in you 1980? Yeah, how many were alive in 1980? You were alive. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. We about been- four of you. Yeah. <laughs> you're so, yeah. like, whatever. Yeah, but, so yeah. Wendy's
1: 24. I'm 25. We're pastoring. I'm 23. This.
2: <laughs> Go ahead.
1: I'm close enough. <laughs> okay. You know, if you're in the ballpark, that's yeah. close enough. Yeah, whatever. So we're pastoring this church, right? And it starts growing right away. Yeah. And we don't even know why it's growing. We don't. But in those first years, we heard of Lester Summerall mm-hmm. from South Bend, Indiana. Yep. And I thought, South Bend, Where Indiana? Yeah. Can any good thing come out of South Bend? <laughs> I mean, all I knew is Studebaker went there and died. Yeah. So we invited him to our church, and he came. Yeah. Right? So... Lester Summerall's in our church and we are so excited and so amazed. And I found out right away, uh, we called him Brother Summerall. He never asks a question, he only makes a command.
2: Uh-huh.
1: You should do this and you should do that. And then he says, You're going to Israel with me.
2: Yeah.
1: And when you're and not like, oh, okay. <laughs> Great. We're going to Israel. Yeah. Well, long story short, we get to Israel. Never been there. I mean, we'd never been out of Seattle.
2: And we were hardly Bible people. Casey came to school. When he came to Bible college, he had never been to church. So we were barely Christian for five years. You know what I mean? And I was raised denominational. I didn't know that what the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament was when I got saved at 17. So we weren't like foundationally really, you know, strong. I mean, yeah.
1: You know. I mean, we're pretty new and we're here in Israel. And then Brother Summerall says, you'll be leading this group, 50 people, and you teach them every day. Every day. I'm like, teach them what? Yeah. he go, here, take this book. Teach them what's in there. I haven't got a clue. Yeah, he's a boss. I'm in Israel and on my first tour, and now I'm the leader of the circle group. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But Dr. Sommerall brought a lot of challenge and a lot of great things into yep. our lives, so we kind of feel like we're part of the family here yep. with mm-hmm. Dave and Kate. We love you guys. Yep. Thank God for you guys. Yep. And, That's right. Uh, That's let's right. keep doing great things, right?
2: Yeah. Let's
1: keep doing great things. And, hey, church, don't take it for granted. Mm. Yep. You have great pastors yep. with Dave and Kate and all of the leadership team. Mm-hmm. Uh, great worship. Great teaching. We were even watching the television show Today this morning. It was amazing. I mean, you got you got it going on. Don't take it for granted. You know how many people are praying for a church like yours? That's right. Praying for something like this in their city. Uh-huh. So give the pastors a hand clap Woo-hoo! this morning. Thank you for being here. Praise the Lord. And uh, yeah. yeah, the Lord is doing great stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about the characteristics of a strong, happy, successful marriage. We've been in this marriage seminar over the weekend. United had a lot of fun. But we're also going to talk to some of you single people and give you some ideas uh, moving forward in God's plan for (laughs) your life. Mm -hmm. We like talking about marriage. We've been married how many years?
2: Well, almost 43.
1: 43 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've decided to stick around for a few more. And... I mean, why start over now? Because that's a lot of hard work.
2: And they're, and they're really hard to find redheads at 65, so... 65. Yeah, You're at
1: 65, you've lost your red. <laughs> You're ready for bed. It's all been sad. I can't, I can't. So you might as well be dead. <laughs> he, he that's not in my notes. I'm just flowing no, he, here. I'm he, just... He,
2: he does that all the time. It's okay, we've so got I know. ten
1: minutes left.
2: I know. Whatever. No, no, we have more. Twenty-four have more. minutes. Yeah, no, we have. Yeah, I just want you to know. Yeah, see that? So. See
1: that clock? If twenty-four. You ten
2: minutes. They'll put their clock on and everybody will start looking at their twenty-four watch. minutes right there. Uh-huh, I see thirty-five.
1: Number <laughs> story of your life. <laughs> the number one characteristic of a strong marriage, or actually any relationship, mm-hmm. number one characteristic: God-centered. Something has to be the core. What's the core beliefs, right? An athlete knows the strength of their core is going to decide so much in what they can accomplish in their athletic endeavors. If your core is weak, your back goes, your hips goes, your neck goes, you got problems. Core beliefs, core strength is a key to your success in life. So what's the core of your marriage? Is it God-centered? Is it focused on God's Word? Is it committed to God's will and God's plan? Because if it's not God, there's something else there. Right. And then what else is there? Sex? Money? What makes me feel good?
0: What Mm -hmm. I like? Mm -hmm. What I want? Mm -hmm.
1: So... God-centered has got to be the beginning of every successful relationship.
2: Maybe one of the greatest problems that we have today is that many people think that it's kind of like what I go to church on Sunday. In fact, we see many leading type people. They'll show you a picture of them going to church on Sunday, but they literally walk out the door and think that everything that is in there stays in that building. You know, that it stays right there. Their belief, everything is kind of like, because when I walk out here, this is how I will act. This is what I will do. It's different because why? Because, you know, I'm in, hey, I'm in a job. I'm in, I'm in my world. I'm in my, you know, I have to get ahead. Not realizing how corrupt and how, how dissatisfying it is to live a life that is not God-centered. So when we talk about wisdom of living, all of us have to decide, what, what is my center? What, what's my purpose? What's my mission? What's my why? Of what I'm doing in my life. And maybe the thing about our whole world right now and the chaos and the sadness and the the, the the level of depression has gone through the roof in these last months. I mean, the level of people getting involved with really crazy things has gone through the roof all around us. All we gotta do is turn on the news for one minute and you can see it immediately. But did you know that they have recently, just now, put out a study and they did a study on all kinds of groups of people? What not a Christian, it was not a Christian group or a religious group. It was just, they just took a study on all kinds of people. Do you know what showed up in the study? Is that the only people, the only group of people, no matter your age or your race, the only group of people that had a higher level of happiness, a higher level of contentment, a higher level of peace were those that, listen to this, went to church, not once a month, not twice a month, every week.
1: Yeah, it's true. Gallup Poll.
2: Gallup Poll. So this is a secular study that they looked at every kind of person and they said, whoa, the only people that have come out of these last months that are at contentment, peace, and joy are people that literally understand the God-centeredness of life. I'm like, that's what we really, really want. I'm like, come on, people. We, it's like, let's make that kind of choice. And I know many of you have, but I know some of us, we kind of play around with that. You know, we kind of like, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's okay, maybe not. But I would really encourage you. This is one thing that I have said to different people that kind of have questioned. I said, give God. Give the reality of Jesus in your life one full year that you really do it. Like you come early, you stay late. You get in circle, you get involved, you really, you decide that I'm going to have conversations with God on a regular basis, which we would call prayer. I'm going to actually read my Bible, even if it's a verse or two, on a regular basis for one year. Watch what happens to your life. I challenge you
1: to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's true, though. A lot of us kind of play with God, don't we? Mm-hmm. Like we come to church, but then we kind of forget throughout the week. And we know we should, but then we, we didn't. And if you ever really get all the way in, mm-hmm. get that core strength, yeah. you'd be surprised at the benefits that come. Yeah. Okay, here's a couple of scriptures for you. John 8, verse 31. Mm-hmm. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples. And you'll know truth, and truth will make you free. So let's look at it in reverse. If you are not free from pain, from addiction, from debt, from poverty, from strife, Mm -hmm. from problems, if you're not free in any area of your life, ask yourself, what truth am I missing? Because if I'm in God's Word, I'll know the truth. And that truth will make me free. Yeah. If I can't get free from the eating disorder, uh, the depression, the anxiety, what truth am I missing? Because mm-hmm. if I'm in his word, I'll know truth. That truth will make me free. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not free, what am I missing? Right. Okay? So there's a good challenge for you. Mm-hmm. In John 15, Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abides in the vine. So you cannot produce, right? One thing about God, he wants to see results,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. right? You guys are that way on the job. You want to see results. What's the bottom line? Are we making money? Is our company growing? Is, is this department productive? If not, we got to make a change. Right. You come to church and you get weird. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, Right? People go to churches that are not producing results, Mm -hmm. that are not changing lives, that are not growing, and they're like, well, this is hanging out because this is church. But no, in church we should be fruitful. Yes. Not fruity. Yeah. Fruitful. (laughs) Right? Too many churches are fruity, but they're not fruitful. So we, we want to be productive. We want to we produce. We want to see the results yeah. of God in our lives. And that's possible if you live that God-centered, word-centered life. Right, right. But you have
2: to decide. It says, seek first the kingdom of God. And then all these things shall be added unto you. I guess I go back to that same challenge I said just a moment ago. I really do challenge some of us in here. You know that we are some of the people that are watching all across online and stuff. That you 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 really have allowed God to be a part of your life, but you keep you know you keep your own world kind of separate. Can I really encourage you? Seek first the kingdom of God. Yeah. Seek first the kingdom of God. And says and. All these things shall be added unto you. God wants to add. That's the thing. Maybe some people have this wrong understanding. Or maybe you've been in an environment that maybe um, you you, you heard some information that was incorrect about who God is and what he wants to be in your life. But God says in the word, it says, I want to add unto your life. I want to give unto your life. John 10.10 says the thief, the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So when things are happening in your life that are bringing destruction, or killing or problems in your life, recognize that is coming from the evil one. But the bottom of the scripture of John 10, 10 says, I have come. Jesus has come to give you, to give me life yeah. and life abundantly. Yeah. That's our God. Yeah. Amen?
1: Yeah. Alright, he's not trying to take anything from yeah. you. He's trying to bring that fruitful, productive life out of you. Amen. All right. Number two, yeah. in the qualities, the characteristics of great marriage or any relationship is you build godly relationships. Mm -hmm. Okay, now most of us were not raised in that world. We were raised around ungodly relationships, relationships that abuse, relationships that manipulate, relationships that take advantage. What can I get from you? And most people live that way. They're they're in transactional relationships, What you get, what I get, but they're not in godly relationships. So we're going to be brief on this point, but you have to decide who do you hang with. Mm-hmm. Because you become like the people you hang out with. Yeah. yeah. So if you sleep with dogs, Woo. don't complain that you got fleas. Mm. Right? If you got your boyfriend at the bar, uh don't be shocked when he's a drunk.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. If you picked up your girl because you like her booty, don't be surprised that she doesn't have a brain. (laughs) (laughs) Can you say all that stuff in church day? (laughs) I might be saying stuff I shouldn't say. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm a guest.
2: Uh, We're from Washington, people. We're from Washington, you know. Liberal state, liberal state. Right, but that's (laughs) the
1: Hey, in Washington, marijuana is legal, so give me a break.
2: <laughs>
1: it's a good thing it wasn't legal when I was a kid. That's I never true... would have got saved, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would have smoked myself to death.
2: Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Jesus. Where was I? Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, oh, yeah. we were talking about godly if friends. Your yeah.
1: relationships are focused yeah. on uh-huh. those that are bootylicious... Oh! Then yeah. don't be surprised when yeah. you're in a divorce. Uh-huh. Don't be surprised when it's crisis yeah. or abuse or chaos, mm-hmm. right? So godly relationships. That's why we have circles. Yeah. So you can build godly relationships. That's why churches is a place where you get involved. You can't do that if you're home watching online, although we're glad you're there. We're going to give you everything we can. But you got to, the Bible right. said the folks that you hang out with. Mm-hmm. The people mm-hmm. that you're close to, mm-hmm. those are the ones that make a difference right. in your life, and you make a difference in their life, yeah. and uh, that relationship iron sharpens iron.
2: Yeah, and Pastor Dave, just this morning on the show that we were watching of y'all church, he talked about, though, how, you know, it is amazing how the devil wants to separate us and not have us together, and, and it says, you know, don't forsake the assembling of the saints. Right don't forsake the church, the mission that God has put you in. This is the relationship that you build and you build in this place. I'm going to give you a little thought that has really worked in my own personal life is that maybe because I was a kid and my parents moved all the time. So, um, and I was a middle kid, so middle of six. And so my personality is like, you know, I like to meet people and and get in there. And so uh, I would, whenever we moved, of course, I would meet new friends and then we would move and then I'd meet new friends and then we would move and we meet new friends and I would move. And, and I think the benefit of that, I mean, some people that is a hard thing to happen in their life. For me, I think there were certain benefits that happened basically because I was in the middle of all those critters at home and um, because it, it helped me in the long run of learning that some people live like this is my, this has been my best friend since you know we were <clears throat> two years old well I've never lived in any place since I was two years old so I could never have had a best friend since I was two years old but the good the bad and the ugly of having a best friend is this is that sometimes our best friends are not choosing to live mission of what God has called us as the church to go, go forward with and, but yet you have had her uh, them, whoever they are, as your best friend forever. And sometimes we let ourselves get kind of stolen from. Like I just mentioned on 10, that the devil comes to steal from you. And many times in relationships we get stolen from in the what direction God wants us to, to be because we won't give up something of our past because it's been there for so long. But, you know, as I was thinking about this just, just recently, I thought about literally the story of Lot where they went in and he, they he said, come on, Lot, you need to leave this place. You need to leave this place. And as they're walking out of the, of the destructiveness that is happening behind them in Sodom and Gomorrah, his wife, instead of going alongside her husband, she turned around and she looked back. And when she turned around and looked back, she was gone. And I thought, I wonder how many of us as Christians don't realize that we are living our whole Christian life like this. Wow. We're living our whole life like this, yep. and I'm like, we need to, many of us need to kind of make a it's, it's a, it's a unique choice, but you need to decide, you know, who are those people in my circle? How, how, how will God put people in my circle? And one of the things that I've also lived forever, which made Kate become one of my pals, is that when I met Kate, I lived this belief. I live a belief, like, think about a circle that is not closed, that you put your hands, but it's not closed. Why? Because in life, you never know when God will add somebody new into your world that is, that is significant for your life and for your future. But if you live always like you've got your little group and you're, you're safe, you're secure, and you've got it, well, then God can add nothing into your world that he wants to add in. And he has people that today he wants to add. But you know, the, for me, I have recognized in my life that if I would have had that circle closed when I'd met Kate literally for the first time, what, a year and a half ago when I was here, I would not have had an opening for her to be, I would not have been willing for her to have anything more than, hello, see you later, bye-bye. But instead, because my circle is open, when I said, hey, I'll be whatever you want to be, and she said, I'll be whatever, you want to be. And we started talking on a regular basis. And so because of that, my life became fuller because my circle has remained open.
1: Yay. Thank God for Kate. (laughs) Whenever I have a problem with Wendy, I don't have to talk to Wendy. I just call Kate. (laughs) That's not true. Deal
2: with her. Yeah, whatever. Okay, number three. (laughs) Number
1: three. Overcome (laughs) challenges. Great relationships are able to get through, to overcome, to Mm -hmm. rise above challenges. And there's just no life that doesn't have challenges. None. Some people try to convince themselves that others are so blessed, Mm -hmm. have it so easy, you don't understand what I've been through. Because if you can convince yourself that your problems are worse than somebody else's, then you can convince yourself to fail. Yep. If you can convince yourself your spouse is worse mm-hmm. than somebody else's, you don't know what I've been through. You don't mm-hmm. know what he does. Mm-hmm. You don't know what she says. It's like living with the devil. Ooh. Okay, so now you've positioned yourself. You have the right to fail, yeah. to mm-hmm. give up, to mm-hmm. move on. Mm-hmm. But godly relationships overcome every challenge. Mm-hmm. We find a way to rise above. Here's some scripture for you. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, There's no challenge, no test, no temptation that has overtaken you except such as is common to everyone. Right? Don't tell yourself my problems are worse. (laughs) Everybody's got bad stuff going on. We all have to find a way to overcome. But God is faithful, will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation or the test. The trial will also make the way of escape. 1 mm-hmm. John 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who's in you is greater than he who's in the world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Wendy and I get comments from folks who've been pastoring at the same church for 41 years. Mm-hmm. So people come up, Oh, yeah, but your guys' marriage is so, Oh, you guys are so blessed. Oh, you guys don't understand. How do you know? <laughs> How do you know what we've been through? How do you know the fights, the challenges, the battles? Right. I've spent a year on chemotherapy dealing with hepatitis C. Mm-hmm. Wendy's been through a few cancer battles. We've had three kids Whoa. who, at various points, were all demon-possessed. They were. <laughs> so everybody's got challenges, Yeah. right? Every right. relationship, every family. Mm-hmm. So you have to decide. We'll overcome this. We'll get through this. 2020, we're overcoming. We're going to get better. We're going to get stronger. We're going to prosper. We're going to to find good because God has decided that we live an abundant life, right?
2: Yes. So
1: that's a decision that you have to make.
2: You know, it's right now in our whole uh, world conversation, victimhood is kind of um, idolized. Yeah, you know, popular. it's very popular. It's kind of like you've been a victim because you were from this or you had this happen. Or Me this, too. You know. yeah, yeah, whatever. Me too. Uh, yeah. I'm a victim. <laughs> I've lived with red hair my <laughs> whole life. <laughs> 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 and, and, but, but you have to be so aware of how the devil uses our worlds to bring about destruction and in understanding that if, if you if you buy into that about anything about your own past you will become a victim of it and then what happens is is that you actually don't take the power of God's word and becoming an overcomer You know, because it says greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So, yes, maybe something has happened to you in your past. Yes, maybe you were had different, you know, situations. Sometimes when people say, you know, yeah, but you don't know how hard it is. I'm saying, are you kidding me? I am a woman in the ministry. Do you know what people think about women in church? And I've lived with that for a very long time. I've had people come up to me and say the most unbelievable things to me in my life to make sure that they put me in my place. I know what that could be like. I know if if I wanted to go into this place of being a victim of poor me, a woman that has not had all the, you know, all the power that I wanted to have because men don't agree with me. I'm like, are you kidding me? I will never be a victim to what other people have said about me.
1: Yay.
2: But you have to decide you won't either be a victim. And I'm just gonna say this. I mean, some of you in this room, you have had, or online, you have had horrible things happen to you. You had people betray you that that should never betray you. You had people that you saw that you thought were real heroes that broke your hero role. You know, you had people in in your life, in your world that did things that were really inappropriate in your life and your world. And I'm like, yeah, okay, well get in line. Get in line with everybody else that has also had horrible things happen to them. But my question is always this, who do you want to be in five years? Who do you want to be in five years? Do you want to stay the same victim, have the same feelings about yourself, having the same um, uh, not liking yourself, not having victory in your life, not having relationships that are fulfilling, not having joy in your spirit, not having a pep in your step? Do you want that in five years? Or are you willing to say, come on, God. Come on, God, you and me, we're going to start overcoming. I'm going to start taking hold of the promises of your word. I'm going to start speaking the word of God in my life, and I'm going to start having victory in this life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're, we're uh, running out of time here, but number four, godly relationships, mm-hmm. great relationships grow in, mm-hmm. grow in every season, grow in every season. So seasons come and go, right? And you can't stop it, right? Like, have you noticed it's freaking cold here in Indianapolis? (laughs) Wow, y'all need to get a heater. (laughs) Seattle is like 40s year-round, 40 and gray pretty much all the time. Okay, sometimes it gets to 50. (laughs) But we don't have freezing cold hardly ever. And seasons change you got to put your coat on you got to prepare you just got to deal with it you can curse the season deny the season not like the season but guess what still coming and then spring's going to come and summer's going to come and you can have all your coats on and all your heaters on and it's 75 degrees out and you can be saying i just don't like the summer but guess what it's still coming So we don't deny seasons and changes in life. We handle it. We get better no matter what the season. We grow no matter what the season. So Wendy and I have been through a few seasons together. We had seven years with no children. Mm -hmm. Then we had three children that, that came and changed all our schedules and changed everything about our lives. And then they moved out, thank the Lord and then they got married now they're having children we love the grandchildren so we love every season Mm -hmm. and decide now Mm -hmm. i'm going to get older how am i going to be when i'm older grouchy (laughs) weird Mm. the kind of person that all young people try to stay away from (laughs) or am i going to be happy am i going to try to share try to give try to be a blessing everywhere that i go just have to decide, no matter what the season, I'm going to make it good. I'm going to live in the favor of God, the blessing of God, the goodness of God. And great marriages handle every season.
2: And in those seasons, it's not just um, the you know your kids' seasons, but you know there's different seasons of life that we have known people like one of the one of the great couples in our church. You know they would go, they would say to the wife, "Wow, you know you really stuck with the season when your husband was really an alcoholic and was really challenging." But every time anybody would say that, because he would testify about that part about his life. The thing is, she would come right back with, and she would say, "Oh no, no, wait a minute. He also stuck with the season that I had to deal with cancer for five years." He stuck with me, and I thought, you know, sometimes we're so shallow in understanding what life is. Or we're so like, we have such a a small little view. We don't read Genesis to Revelation to realize, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death that our God is with us and that seasons come and seasons go, but there are some sha- there are some shadowy seasons that we have to deal with. There's some valley seasons that we have to deal with. There might be things in your life. You might lose your job. You might lose a business that you had. You might lose something that is very precious in your life that I don't even want to mention that causes a unbelievable season of grief that happens in your life when we both have lost all four of our parents in our life. And the most, <coughs> the hardest one was when I lost my dad at is only at my age he died my age he died at 64 which I am and it was just sudden and it was absolute unbelievable the season of grief was so very very real but there's all kinds of seasons in life that if you decide now you know what God you and me we're not gonna I'm not gonna stop in my life I'm going to continue on through the yeah. seasons that I walk with I'm gonna let yeah. your spirit strengthen me in every season that I walk through
1: yeah. And hey, the Lord has promised you to prepare a table in the valley, Mm -hmm. in the presence of your enemies. He's got things to give you. So just decide, hey, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get better. I'm going to get bigger. I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to prosper. No matter what season, God's already got a plan for me there. So before we go today, let me just ask this question. Have you really connected with Jesus? Sitting in church doesn't mean you've connected with him personally, internally, born of his spirit, filled with his spirit, walking with him every day, right? That's the beginning of this abundant life. That's the beginning of the core that will bring blessing in every realm. So before we go today, we want to pray with you. We want to add our faith to yours. And prayer is just a start, but it is the start that we all need to move forward with what God has for us. Somebody would say, even if you're at home watching online, you would say, I need something new in my relationship with God. I want to know I'm born of God. I'm filled with the Spirit of God. I'm walking with the Lord. If you say, I need that. I need something more, something new in my walk with God. I, I believed in God, but I've never really taken that step to be born again. Just just wave at me real quick. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I just want to pray with you. I want to add my faith to yours. Just wave at me. At home, even wave at your TV there. We're praying with you wherever you are. All right, good. Put your hands down. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are working. In this place, in our lives, you are moving. We confess Jesus is Lord. We believe he rose from the dead. And we open our hearts. We say, come in, Lord Jesus. Fill our lives, Lord Jesus. We're turning away from this world and we're turning to you. From this day on, I'm walking with you, Jesus. I'm following you. You are Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, Come on, give these guys
0: a hand, clap, church. Thank you so much for joining iTown Church Online today. We would love to have the chance to meet you and your family in person at one of our campuses. Or, of course, you can join us streaming live online this weekend. Now, for more details about times and locations and even some of our streaming options, you can go to iTownChurch.com sure hope to see you soon. God bless.